Welcome once again to the Soccer OG. That's me, Max Bredos. Thanks for listening in. The audience is expanding. The downloads are coming down thick and fast. I need your help. Please subscribe. But even more so, take a few seconds and leave me a review. We certainly do appreciate that as we continue to grow. I am so excited to bring this every week in a style that I want. And we'll continue it this week with a very special guest, a man who I have known for as long as anyone in this business. He is the voice of Football Mexicano on Fox Deportes and also hosts the Seniorad podcast with Mariano Trujillo. He'll be joining me in the business end. It's John Laguna. We will talk about Cruz Azul finally winning a Liga MX title for the first time in 24 years. We'll get you ready for the Nations League, see how Mexico and the United States are preparing We'll talk about the Copa America, where it's going to be played, and if it's going to be played. And yes, the Champions League. The big game from Saturday will break it down between two dudes that know their football. Subscribe, rate, and review. This is the Soccer OG. Another blockbuster program is about to begin right now. Oh, we are back. What a weekend. Hope you guys had a good Memorial Day weekend. It's not over yet. Hopefully you're listening to this on a Monday, kicking back with a sea tail with your feet up. Hopefully it's not raining where you are. Just so, uh, you know, we're friends here. Full transparency of my life. The The last six weeks, I have been boarding a plane on a Monday night, red eye. Going to Miami on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I've been calling Libertadores and Sudamericana games from South America, the Champions League and the Europa League of South America, the big clubs, Boca Juniors, River Plate, Flamengo, Palmeiras. And then come back on a Friday, I'd be a bit of a cadaver by that point. So I didn't really spend much time with family. All my, all, I kept a busy work weekend working for LAFC and Combate Global. If you haven't checked out Combate Global on Univision, uh, what are you waiting for? They follow the, the football games. It followed Mexico, Iceland. They're going to have a massive number this week. Shout out to my, my friends there, Mike Aframowitz, Campbell McLaren, and Larry Combs, doing a great job with the product. But I'm not here to talk about it. But the reason I bring it up, I've been in Miami a lot. I finally, this week, I don't have to travel. So I can decompress a bit. I can, I'm going to start going to the gym. Uh, I'm going to go hit tennis balls with my son, which we haven't been able to do recently. We like to do that. And I am also going to be getting out a little bit. And I did this weekend. I've ever, I don't know if you ever heard. Where there's Here in Los Angeles, about two hours above us is Santa Barbara. I'm sure most of you heard of Santa Barbara. Now, nestled in Santa Barbara is a little town called Los Olivos. It's very small, and they want to keep it that way. But you go in there, and there's wine country up there. So there's, a, <laughs> there's this town that I can't really describe. I guess I can describe. It's called Solvang. And it was an area where Danish settlers wanted to create a piece of Copenhagen in California. So they built all these cottages and the streets are there. And it's, it's very fun. Cobblestones and it's got this Danish feel. And the uh, Danish, I mean, it has a beer garden. So it's, you know, it feels like kind of that Oktoberfest. I know it's Dan- Denmark. It's not Germany. But there's a lot of lines that cross those countries and cultures. So you go up there and it's, it's, it's such a hoot. If you're in the California, go to Solvang. So we did that, me and my wife. And the night before, we stayed at the Sideways Inn. So you remember the movie Sideways. Uh, Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church, great flick. We stayed at the hotel they stayed at. We had dinner at the Hitching Post 2 where uh, the Giamatti character, why can't I, I'm drawing a blank on the name. I was just, I was saying it nonstop. Where he, you remember, he had all that wine. And he goes, hey, would you like a glass or a bottle? Give me the bottle. So we, we were at the Hitching Post too. The Sideways Inn. It was tremendous. It's just a good little getaway. And they, they have great wine country. It's not, like, I like deep red wines. Cabs, Zins. <laughs> Listen to me. Cabs, Zins, Malbecs. So they only have light red grapes there. So Pinot Noirs, Syrahs. A lot of white wines. So it's still, I had a, a wonderful time. So that was helping me decompress. So maybe you'll hear it in my voice a little bit. Other than that, I watched a ton of football because you had to. And my wife on the drive up and back, I had to watch the games on my phone. It was really rude. She drove the whole way. Bless her for doing that. But I was able to do that. And um, 
man, yeah, the Champions League final, and then there, there's the, the, the end of Mexico. And I'm going to talk to John Laguna, who works for Fox Deportes. We had a great conversation. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And we're going to talk about all of that. And uh, just when you think it's, it's slowing down, it's just picking up, man. It's going to be and say, I don't know how I'm going to watch all these games. We're all going to watch. I kind of, I want, I, I, I want to watch all the games, but I need to get out a little bit. So I've got to plan some trips. But when? Gold Cup, Copa America, Euros, <laughs> World Cup qualified. So uh, we'll make some time. But we're going to preview all those coming up. And I'll give you a, a, a guide as to what's coming up in the weeks ahead. So it should be pretty helpful. In the meantime, make sure you, you treat yourself well. And watch your football. Get the family time. Good advice. If you're in L.A., hit up Solvang. S-O-L-V-A-N-G. I did want to say one quick thing that happened in the sports world that I wanted to sound off on. And I couldn't do it on social media because it needs a little bit more. Naomi Osaka, who does deal with some anxiety issues, uh, recently told her, the, the Wimbledon, she goes, I don't want to face the media. And she's being, you know, fined each day by Wimbledon for not coming out and making those appearances. And while I feel for Naomi Osaka and what she has to go through, I don't understand. I, I can't even fathom to understand what she is going through. But that is part of the gig. If you want to play tennis and you want to make big heaping amounts of money, and she does, you've got to appear with the media. I know they ask some dumb questions and I know they take a lot of your time and they are, they're out of line a, a good amount, but you have to face the media. Without the media, this whole sports thing doesn't work. It's a big, it's a big cycle. The athletes, we present it. The media presents it out to the public. The public lap it up. Without the media and that access, none of it works. No one even knows. Trust me. For anyone who underscores, and I know that's not her intention, but the media has to be part of it. And if she skips out these media appearances, others, if you give that opportunity, will. Most athletes would not want to. I would not want to face the media after a game. I want to go home after a game or a match. But you got to do it. You've got to look at it as it's part of the gig. So I really hope the tennis world and Wimbledon push back because we can't set that precedent because it's all lost if we don't have that. All right. The media is here to help this machine work. And the machine makes athletes a lot of money. I don't want to be like that guy who says, without me, uh, hey, hey, Keith Hernandez, I, I write your paycheck. I don't know why I use Keith Hernandez, but you get it. Business end with John Laguna. In stoppage time, I am going to talk about the importance of Christian Pulisic winning the Champions League. This is the Socorochi. It's time for you to subscribe, and it's also time for you to leave me a review. Do it right now. We're back here on the Soccer OG. It is time for the business end. That's where I go head to head, mano y mano with one of the big voices in the United States that cover the soccer and is none bigger than Sir John Laguna, the voice of Fox Deportes, who covers League MX and so much more uh, for our friends there at Fox. And by the way, John, in this business, and we'll talk about it a little later, I don't think there's anyone I have known longer than you. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? How you doing, my friend? But doing this goes good. to you too, because we go way back. We go way back, and I think we both have similar stories. We started not on the microphone right away. We started behind. We did desk. the schedule. We did the schedule. Yes, we, yes. We shared a cubicle, and we did the schedule yes. for Fox yes. Sports World. I remember. Fox Sports. I have to say, I remember when I met Max, this uh, uh, good-looking Cuban guy. You're really young, and I, I used to say, "Why? Why does this Cuban guy know so much about soccer?" Yeah, it didn't make much sense to me. But here we are. <laughs> some. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say how many years after, so we don't. Uh, we don't have. We don't need to give so much, so much information. Well, John, I'm I'm not young, but I'm still good looking. So yes, uh, we still got yes. that going. I remember. I have so many good memories of that. Uh, there was one time we would do the schedules for Latin America. So we we'd say, okay, two p.m. this, and we were having fun in there. And I'd be going, hey, let's put let's put Schalke 04 Kaiser Slaughter on at four. Right. Like yeah, right. and we put it in there all the right, time. Right, oh. right, right, right. It was it was it was a good the good the good times, and our friend uh, you know Marvin Cepeda, uh, yes. I I have a, a special place in my heart because he was doing promos and he right. will come into my office 
and ask me, hey, he will, you know, he will, he will speak very proper to me and he will ask me what game she, she, you know, he should promote. Well, he's the, he's the vice president of programming now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's frightening. That's a, that's a, yeah, it is, but it's a, but it's a nice story. It's a nice story. You know, it's a, I always said, Max, that in, in TV, you can go as far as you want. Correct. Last time I saw Marvin about a year and a half ago, he was at the LAFC game and cut to next scene. Well, we got hammered. <laughs> I had to call an Uber. I was in Downey. I go, how did I get in Downey? And it's three in the morning. I go, thanks, Marvin. Had a great time. He goes, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Marvin. That's, uh, that's uh, I mean, yeah, good time. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. And I, I keep in touch yes. with him. And by the way, I tell people, because we used to, when we started broadcasting and I would start doing that Bundesliga game Saturday morning and it kicked off at 6.30. Did you start doing soccer? That's what you started doing? Yes. And then what I did, the first, thing was, the first one was Football Argentino because they okay. needed people. So I started doing Argentine soccer in English. Then with, with Christian Bozzo, no? With Christian Bozzo. Right, right, <laughs> and right. Then, right. And in Chile with Christian. And then they had, eventually I got, I started doing it. I started doing it for free, these games. And then I started charging it. It was my first real gig. Right. And then they gave me more. And then because I wasn't really making a lot, I had a good time and I was young and I was in LA. So I would, I'd go out till about three and then I'd, I shouldn't be saying this. I'd sit in the parking lot at Century City taking a nap. Right. And then I'd roll in at four and, and I would be with Ridge Mahoney and I'd be welcome to the Allianz Arena. And my eyes, he's like, he elbow me, wake up. I'm like, oh yeah. But I don't know what I was doing, but I was having a good time. Yes, yes. <laughs> we all did a little bit of that, trust me. There's a lot of things. It's a lot of things we cannot say, but you know. We've got to write. We're young. We gotta have a tell-all podcast about Fox. Oh. We can have Marvin and Christian. Oh. And- <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hey, it's Sunday night, and you've been kind enough to join me. And I said, could you join me right after the Liga MX final? Cruz Azul have won their first championship in 24 years. You were in Torreon calling the first leg, correct? And you right, right. So you were all. Fox does a great job with Mariano Trujillo and Rodolfo Landeros and the entire team that covers it for Fox Deportes. They have an incredible pregame show and they blow it out in a big way. So Cruz Azul finally wins it. And for people who don't know, Cruz Azul is like the Chicago Cubs. Although I think that's a little bit harsh. Uh, you it's not really kicking. <laughs> I mean, they haven't won a title in 24 years, but they're always amongst the best teams. But the problem with them is they do this thing called Cruz Azuliad, which I guess you could tell me a little more clearly where they're right at the cusp of doing something great, winning a championship, and then it all falls apart. And people are expecting that to happen tonight. Well, uh, you know, uh, it's there. There four. You know, we have four big teams in Mexico, which is America, Guadalajara, the two biggest, then Cruz Azul and Pumas. But uh, you know, I, I I keep arguing because before this, before tonight, Cruz Azul had won one championship in forty years, the one you just mentioned in nineteen ninety seven. They, they, they won, they became big because they won seven championships between 1969 and 1980. Since then, only one. But they're a big team. They're a big team. There's, I have a lot of followers in Mexico. And for some reason, uh, that, it, that word you just mentioned became a, a verb. Yes. Cruz Azulean. 2013, they're playing America in the final. You know, they're winning 1-0. Uh, America's with 10 men. They're, we're in stoppage time. Uh, Moy Munoz, America goalkeeper, goes and trying to look for something. He heads the ball. The ball is going out. Hits one player of Cruz Azul. Ends up in. <laughs> they go extra time. They lose it in penalties. Last year against Pumas, semifinals. Ooh. They win the first leg, Max, 4-0. 4 nil. Four nil. It was it's over. It's over. It, it's, it's over. It's over. Again. And they lose the second leg, 4-0. And <laughs> I guess Pumas will say... And I, and I I also said, if they lose tonight, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this team yet. They won uh, their the first leg at Santos. Santos has been very tough in their home. Only only three defeats since Almada got there. So they've been very solid at home. But they, they, they did a really professional performance. They got a 1-0. And today, I, I said all day, you know, we had a show and I said, if Santos scores first, they might panic a little bit, and they did, and they but, did. Hey, John, score first. They yes. scored first, but what did you think about that? Because I'm watching the first half. I go, you've got to be kidding me. Cruz Azul was defending. Yes. Uh, Santos had 67, they had two-thirds yes. of the possession. And yes. I'm like, why? Yes. You're at home. You don't do that when you're at home. And Cruz Azul yes. decided to protect the lead, and then, and then all of a sudden Santos get the equalizer. 
Yes, yes. But it's one of those things, you know, I got to give Santos credit. It's a young team. I have to give a lot of credit to Almada. Nine players from the academy this tournament, you know, he gave, it, he gave him a chance. Uh, and, and they like to press uh, really high, Max, really high, uh, really fast tempo. They put a lot of pressure. And, and that's what they did in the first half. I, 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 I knew it was going to be a little bit difficult physically for them because of the elevation of, of Mexico City. Uh, historically, it's been very difficult for them to go to Mexico City and try to, to get results. But uh, I think they, they, they played a really good game. But I, I, you got to give credit to Cruz Azul. They, they, they were the best attack of the, of the tournament, the best defense, first place. Uh, I mean, and what, after what happened last year, uh, losing against Pumas the way they did, uh, everybody was questioning, was questioning them mentally. And to be here and, 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 and winning the championship, I think uh, it's, 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 a big, it's a big achievement for them. And Juan Reynoso is the coach who, who got him over yes. the hump. So this is, this is all going to be historically significant for Cruz Azul moving forward. And I, and you know what they say, if you get the first one behind you, more will come. Yes, that's they, true. They, they could win another trophy in the Conca Champions League. Why not? Because they, they're yes. an amazing team. And yes. Cabecita Rodriguez, who is a man, I'd love to see him at my club, LAFC, that that guy yes. is just a perfect <laughs> forward. He can score yeah. in so many ways. He's big, he's strong, he's good with his feet. He can hit free kicks. And he's just got personality. And uh, there was that moment, and I, I'm looking on Twitter, so... Santi, was it Santi Jimenez, who I thought was fantastic, hits yes. a ball to the midfield, and there was two players, and Rodriguez Cabecita is one of them, who's onside, and other players a little bit off. Paul Fernandez. Paul he's, Fernandez. He's, he's an offside. He's offside. So the ball goes to Cabecita, but Santos say, well, Paul Rodriguez is on, yeah. is off, and he's part of the play, and you could make an argument that the goalkeeper gets... You what, know, do you, what do you think? What do you think? That's a tough call to make. <laughs> I would, but you know what? I think it is offside. I think you've got to rule that offside. You can't have an offside player in any way, shape, or form obstructing someone's view or, or giving the goalkeeper two options when they really shouldn't be. If one of those options is offside, that player should be disqualified from that play. So I think it probably should be offside. As lame as that sounds. You know, I, I read the rule, and I, 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 every, every time I read the rule, I'm more confused. I don't know. Uh, Offside I mean, rules. You, 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 yeah, you could have called it. You, I, I, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think he interferes that much. Good. I know, good. He's a, I, I know the Argentinian is ahead, but, but it's, uh, it's a goal. It's a goal. That's where you, where you use Signorar, you know? Suck Signorar. It up, you know? Suck it Signorar, up, man. Signorar. Suck it up. You know, it's... Uh, you know, I was more pissed off at Acevedo, the goalkeeper. He's way back. You got to play a little bit more, 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 a little bit higher. And yeah. it happened, in the, I don't know if you saw the one before with Santi Jimenez that he almost scored because he wasn't there also. He got there late. And, it, it, you know, just the, the, the first touch from Jimenez is too strong and he goes wide. But, uh, but come on, you got you to gotta help your defenders. You can't be all the way back on your goal. Uh, but, you know. It's uh, it's it's okay. I mean, it, it, I, for me, it was a goal. Everybody's complaining there was offside. I think uh, I think it was good, but you know what the heck? What can I tell you? I feel Señorar, good for, uh, Señorar. Señorar. <laughs> uh, Jesus Corona, the captain, forty years old. Yeah, you know he lost all these finals, all these years with Cruz Azul. You know, waiting for this moment, and he finally gets here. Uh, Julio Cesar Dominguez, the number four, the defender. He's the only team he has played for. You don't see that, uh, you know, too too much in any place in the world. He's been all his career. Cata Dominguez uh, with Cruz Azul. He finally gets his his medal. I have a good friend of mine, Rafa Vaca. He's he, he's from Inglewood. He went to Animo Charter High School here in Inglewood. Rafa Vaca, number twenty-two. All right. Actually, actually, my daughter went to that school because of him. You know, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know. There's a lot of good friends in, uh, in, in Cruz Azul, so good for them, good for them. Good final, good final. And I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate, you know, very... Uh, what do you call uh, uh, Santos? Because, you know, it's one of our teams. Yes. And, and, and to see uh, what Almada has been able to do with all these youngsters is very promising. And when you say it's for one of your teams, so it, with the broadcast rights for Liga MX, Mexican football... This goes by the team. So you guys show the home games for Santos, Tijuana, Monterrey. Sure, that's and, it. Okay. That's and then, it. Tele, you know, in Mexico, Televisa and TV Azteca, they all have right. the home games of other ones. And uh, NBC Fox now Mexico, has... And, and Fox Mexico too. Yeah, NBC went out and bought the rights to Chivas, which was a savvy move, right. big money move. Right. But, you know, right. you're obviously going to get it. But you're only going to get those home games 
throwing during a season. And I also should mention Senorad podcast, Senorad podcast with John Laguna and Mariano Trujillo, which I'm going to start listening to. I see, I see Mariano pumping it out all the time, but <laughs> yeah, I, I need more pod, I need more podcasts in my life. <laughs> I, 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 I never used to listen to podcasts, John. And now I, Monday, Tuesday, I put down four or five of them and I love it. I feel smarter. Yes, yes. I feel on top of it. It's good, no more, good, no good. more Twitter, no more quick little blips of information. I want to lock down and be patient like the good old days and podcasts allow good. that. Good, good, good. <laughs> but I love what you said about Corona because when the goal for Santos went in, you could see he was disappointed and then he turned to his team and goes, come on, let's go. Right. Fired right, it up. Right, and right, I thought right, that was, right. you know, those little things are important. Those little things I think go a long way. And then the second half response was really good from Cruz. Really good. I didn't want them to lose this game. I want them to get over the hump. (laughs) I'm a fan of the league, and I want teams that are successful. And I got to say, John, every time the final comes around, and obviously this one came at a perfect time because they had fans at Estadio Azteca. It's hard to see how full that place is. But 20% only, but that's fine. You know, that's fine. 20% quote unquote. (laughs) Okay. It was 70% in Torreon on on, on Thursday. That was amazing. uh, That was amazing. Yes, yes, that was very nice. That was very nice. But uh, Mexico City is a different, it's a different animal. Uh, And I think it's good for the league. Like like, like you said, let's see how this uh, changes this team. Because you finally get the monkey of your back. And and now you can uh, relax and and, and perform a little bit better, you know. So, uh, uh, it's a good point that you mentioned, Max, with Cruz Azul. I, you know, and I think a lot of the neutral people were like you and I, like, you know, come on, let, let them win, guys. You know, yeah. you know, we kind it's about time. They're, they're a good team. They're a fun team to watch. They play with, they, I mean, they were, they were the best team of the, of the tournament. All the finals recently, and everyone, you know, in, in, you mentioned the big four, but when there's finals, it's always been compelling. And I think there's so many teams that I would watch in Mexico. Obviously, these two. And Santos is, is outside of that big four. But as you said, yes. have a great academy. Really good players. They're fun to watch. Leon, who won it the last time out. We saw Pumas get to the final. Obviously, America and Chivas. Chivas won it, uh, was it three years ago or four years ago? With, uh, uh, with, yeah, with Almeida. Almeida. With, with Almeida, right. But then you have uh, Monterrey and Tigres. I mean, just right. seven, or, seven or eight teams that I would gladly see in the final. And all those teams have had a shot there. And it's, I, think the, I think that league, some people say that it may be losing its edge. I, I think it's, it's, it's been fantastic. And they still recruit really well in South America. They recruit in Europe, obviously, with Gignac. I know the Janssen one with Monterrey didn't go that well. But it, League MX feels like it's in good shape. I want to ask you really quickly about the, the, the fight. And it wasn't a fight. People go, it's a brawl. If it's a brawl, someone punches somebody and someone goes to the ground. So it wasn't a brawl. It was a lot of pushing and shoving. And, uh, you know, Santos kind of got in their head. And I said, don't, don't ruin this moment. But Santos knew what they were doing. But there was a uh, – Doria, the defender, kind of stepped right. over one of the Santos players. And then Luis Against Romo. Santi. Santi. Luis right. Romo came Romo. in and shoved him. And he shoved him like 40 yards. Doria right. went flying. It looks like he got hit by a shot. Guy's like, whoop, right out of the picture. And then yeah. things pulled off. Yeah, well, you know, it's a final. It, you're frustrated. You know, you know, it's slipping away from you. I can understand Doria. You know, the, the referee already uh, called the foul. Uh, it was, it was just frustration. I mean, for me, it's a good way to end the final. This, yes, you gotta have, <laughs> you gotta have a little bit of everything in a final. You know, it's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Signorarga, Signorarga. Senior, great <laughs> entertainment, and uh, yeah. I'm glad I get to talk to you about it. But we'll talk. It's. You know, everything has been happening. And before we look ahead, let's, let's, because I want to talk about uh, El Tri. I want to talk about Mexico, the Nations League coming up, and what can we expect. But let's go to the past first. And our audience can't see you right now, but you're wearing a Chelsea shirt, the Champions <laughs> League final. I know you're a front runner. You know, you say, I buy things, but you like, right. But right. Your, your team in Mexico is Pumas. That's it. You'll hold right. in there. Right, right. Uh, but this is a uh, this has been an intriguing game, and I, I, a little bit later in stoppage time, I'll talk about uh, what the Christian Pulisic uh, situation meant for American soccer fans. But this was this was a, such a strange game, and you know Pep Guardiola. I think the big discussion is: Did Manchester City lose this? Did Chelsea win it? And this is the third win by Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel, who took over four months ago, and now he has made them the best team in Europe essentially the best team in the world by just putting a lot of faith in this team, having these guys rally. They look happy. All the reports when Chelsea got to uh, Portugal was they were in good spirits. 
they had this underdog role, but they, they never felt like an underdog. And then the game starts. It was, a, it was actually a really compelling game, first half. Chelsea score, and I'm like, I looked at there and I text my friend. I go, man, City's done. They got nothing. They're not producing chances. This is not the team we've seen. I go, this game could go 180 minutes. I don't think they're going to score. And Chelsea had their number, and Golo Kante obviously locks it down. But I, I really have to – I mean, Pip Guardiola has got to be having some sleepless nights. He made some adjustments. He brought in uh, – he played with one holding midfielder. It was just Gundogan. Uh, Fernandinho stepped out. And then it was – who came up top? Raheem Sterling playing. Well, I, I pulled for him so much. I want him to do well, and he couldn't get the goal. And then the flurry of changes. There's a lot of stats out there showing how Chelsea used the same tactics, these long balls – into the left corner or what have you to cause problems. And I wonder why Pep Guardiola couldn't see that. And I really feel this is on him. And I don't want to take anything away from Thomas Tuchel. He did an incredible job because he didn't just beat Man City. He beat a lot of good teams to get to this final. He beat Real Madrid for crying out loud to get to this final. And it's very hard to win it, let alone make a final, let alone make a semifinal. So Thomas Tuchel deserves it. But I think Pep Guardiola, he's going to be criticized. And I think he deserves it for what happened there on Saturday. Yeah, you know, let me go a little bit uh, way back because uh, back in February, I said, you know, I, I wouldn't want anybody, you know, if I was one of the other eight teams, I wouldn't want to be facing Chelsea, honestly, because the, the, the way when, you know, after he got, you know, uh, there, the, the transformation that Chelsea had, the way they beat Atletico de Madrid, you know, it, it was really easy. Convincing, Really yeah. easy that, you know, that, that, that was for me very shocking. Then, I mean... They lost uh, the second leg against Porto. No big deal. I mean, they, they felt like they had it already. And then with Real Madrid in the podcast, everybody said, no, oh, Real Madrid, Real Madrid, you know, is the biggest. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I like Chelsea. And I told everybody, Real Madrid, for me, they look really exposed in Anfield. It's true that, you know, who, who was the best, team, the, best, the best player for Real Madrid in Anfield? It was Courtois. It, it was their goalkeeper. Guy. They, they were lucky to get out of there alive. So, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about Real Madrid and, and, and Chelsea beat him also handingly, you know. It was no, that was a no so, contest. They, they, yes, Real Madrid yes. were never in that game. No, that, those they, were, two games. they weren't. They weren't. So I'm not surprised. What, what surprised me about Pepe, you know, I was reading some, you know, so many stats now, but uh, they, they play 61 games, uh, and which is, there are a lot of games for, 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 for a season for Manchester City. Out of that 61, 60 games he used either Fernandinho or Rodri. Or both. And neither were in there today. Or and that neither game. were there yesterday. You know, I don't, I'm not, you know, who am I to criticize Pepka? You know, but I, it makes you wonder, you know, maybe there was something he, he, he saw. And if, and, 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 you know, Mariano was showing me a graphic of the 11 that play in the FA Cup and Rodri was there. And then in the second game, they lost in the Premier League. Fernandinho was there. So he used both of them and they, he also lost. Yeah. So, so, so he maybe he let, let's try something different, and it didn't work out, you know. And I always say, Max, it's it's yeah. easy to to criticize and to do an analysis after you after you see the result. Ah, Pepe, la 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 cagó, cabrón, put a pinche Pep, cabrón. Se equivocó, se equivocó, se equivocó. I mean, it's easy, it. it's easy to say it afterwards, you know. But, I know. Uh, but but it's true. It's true. I mean, there, there was no. Uh, uh, production offensively by them, you know, that Raheem Sterling, he hadn't been playing lately. He, go, he, he I mean, uh, Foden, Gundogan, and De Bruyne. And for me, for me, I, I think it should have been a red card for Rudiger. Eh? That's a, that's yeah. my point of view. I, I don't know. I don't know every people because the first re his first reaction is he holds his face and he he did it. he knew he hit him, you know, you know. But you know, Senor Arga. Senora, I, don't know. It's, <laughs> I know, and I don't want to do that to Pep, but it's like, you know, the adage, they say this more, mostly in American sports, but it applies to everyone. It's hard to beat a team twice in a season. It's almost right. impossible to beat them right. three times. Right. But then Chelsea beats Man City three times in three, less than three months. FA Cup right. semifinal, that third to last league game in the Premier League, and then this. And I think it really worked in the favor of Tuchel because he just knew how to do it. But as, as you point out, what Chelsea were able to do in, in that tournament run, you really have to look at it because they were really never pushed. Manchester City weren't really pushed either, although that first half against PSG, I thought they were completely outplayed. And then from that point on, they just tore them to shreds. The second half of the first leg and then the second game. 
And yeah, I that, 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 that first half, Max, I thought PSG was going to win the, champ, the, the Champions yeah. League. The first half, it was amazing. And I don't know what happened in the second half. Manchester City just took over. You know, I don't know what happened to PSG after that. I, a lot I, of credit to Pep. A lot of credit to Pep. I, I, I'm going to, I know in, in, you already told me to be very care, careful of criticizing coaches, but I, I put that one on Pochettino because the defensive line and the midfield line were too close in the second half. I'm like, you're playing differently than in the first half. You haven't done it yet. And then they yeah. allow the two goals, but right. it's, it's, it's so fascinating, the tactical elements. And to me, when we talk about the players in this champions league and in every competition, but the managers just, are the story time and time again, and they are rock stars. We said that about Jurgen Klopp when Liverpool were able to win it. Obviously, Zinedine Zidane with the domination, uh, Jose Mourinho his day, and then this year more than any, I think. I, just what I said about Pochettino, I think that's that falls on him a lot. And then these managers and how they were able to do it. It's it sounds weird, but I, I get really excited about it because, and even in the Premier League, which I think. Ne- I don't say I think. I know the Premier League next year is going to be one of the best leagues we've ever seen. Because Chelsea's going to get better. Liverpool's going to get better. Manchester City's probably going to make some moves. Manchester United's going to get better. Leicester could possibly get better. Spurs and Arsenal. I mean, everyone's going to raise their stakes and the top is going to be hotly contested. I mean, Chelsea just won Europe and they're talking about, we need to get a center forward. I'm like, we want to get Romelu Lukaku. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> that league has the money. We, we, we see the Super League right. clubs in Italy and Spain, but in England, the money's coming in for those top clubs and they're spending it. And I think there's going to be a big gap between England, Spain, and the and rest. The rest. Are, and the rest yeah. of the right. And we'll see what, uh, uh, I don't, uh, you know, we were talking about in the show today and uh, wondering if it's a failure for, for, for Pep and Manchester City. Uh, you know, it, uh, these days that we're, you know, and these days, if you don't win, you're a failure. And, and, and I, I don't kind of agree with that because, I, I mean, they're, they're still won the Premier League. They're in the final of the Champions League. And I will tell everybody, it's, it's really difficult to win the Champions League. It's not easy. It's not easy to get there. Uh, so, so they'll be back. I think they're going to need a, a, a real number nine. They did it the, the whole season without a number nine. I don't know if it's going to be Harry Kane. Is it going to be Haaland? I don't know. But uh, I think Pep is going to go out and get uh, some reinforcements because, you know, if you see of the benches yesterday, I, I see Chelsea's bench and I like it better than the one yeah. Manchester City had. You know, I, I didn't see anybody in Manchester City bench that could come in and, 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 and make a difference. You know, honestly, yeah, you, you know, and once they lost uh, the Bruyne, that, that was it. Who else? And, and, and you, see, you see the bench, you have Pulisic coming in, you have Siege. You have even Giroud, if you want to, you know, if you're losing games, that he can give you something. You have Zuma on defense. You have people, you, you have Kovacic that came in. He's a great player. You know, there were a lot of options in, uh, in, in Chelsea. I, I, I thought more than Manchester City. That's a great point, John. And uh, you would always think Manchester City has the most depth. But look, they, they put in Sterling, they put in Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva hasn't been in good form. They came in, nothing off the bench. The Chelsea guys came in and finished it. And they locked it down even more. Like I said, you're watching it. You Manchester City are not scoring today. They are not going right. to score. Uh, and, and that's why the Champions League is difficult, as you said. And you know, we got to call Chelsea the champions of Europe, but they're not, I mean, are they the best team? May not be the best team in England. They just put a good tournament together and were able to get through. And remember, Chelsea dropped some results at the end. They were, they were uh, right. struggling a bit. And then I, I was reading this article on The Athletic about how right after the last loss, it was Tuchel gave him a day off, an extra day off, get ready, really put the ball in the player's court and just, just get your heads right. And then they, they made there, they had a great practice in Porto and then it, it just fell. It, it seemed like he always knew this was going to happen. And remember he got there in the final with PSG, probably should have, he had a really good shot at beating Bayern. I mean, Bayern were the best team all year, but PSG missed their chances and could have won it. But then yeah. he, it, yeah. clearly this guy is now, an all-time great because of what he was able to do with this. It kind of reminds me of that rise of Jose Mourinho where he gets different teams and he just has a formula, a blueprint. It works. So there may be a discussion whether he was going to come back to Chelsea. I don't think there's any doubt about it now. And we'll see what he does in, in, the, in the, the expanse of a year. But this guy's a genio. He's a genius. And Chelsea got really lucky when they were able to sign, get him in four months ago and change everything. You know, uh, we were having a discussion today. Uh, we were talking about Cruz Azul and uh, Mexico. What makes you a, a great team? 
uh, you know, a Real Madrid, a Barcelona. What makes you a great team? In the last 20 years in England, no team has won more, 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 more uh, titles than Chelsea. I mean, uh, more, they have more than Manchester United, more than, obviously, more than City, more than Arsenal, more than uh, the Liverpool. Uh, since uh, Abramovich got here, five Premier Leagues, five FA Cups, two uh, Champions League, two uh, Europa Leagues. I mean, this team... It's been an important team from England. We talk about United and Liverpool. We never talk about Chelsea. And, and, and you know, this is the second one in 10 years. It's not well, easy. It's they've, not never, easy. they've never been that dominant team. The 2012 team came out of nowhere to win it. Right. Uh, they Roberto were like a, Drogba and all that. It was... uh, Roberto Di Matteo, you know, they got rid of uh, Villas Boas. You know, and then Roberto Di Matteo comes in after they were lost. They lost in Napoli, I think it was. And then they turn it around to Stamford Bridge and they win it. Uh, same thing happened this year. It's, it's weird, you know, how Abramovich does things. But it works. It works. I don't know. It does work. And he's not, look, he's not around there on top of things. And there's been a lot of criticism at Manchester United. I'm not comparing Roman Abramovich because clearly he knows what he's doing to another level. But the, the Glazers got a lot of criticisms because they weren't around. They didn't listen to the fans. And same for Liverpool, same for Arsenal. Manchester City, to a different degree, because of the very deep pockets of their owner, and there is a distance, you would imagine, you don't really see how, what effect they have. But then Abramovich is the, is the billionaire everyone likes. He's like, oh, he's, yeah. the, cool, he's the cool billionaire. That, yeah. I want to have a beer with him. So whatever he's done, he, he has that has that smile and you don't, you don't know what's going on. This guy's crazy rich, but he has put these guys in position to put together a club. And I, like you said, there should, we should see them as a super club, but the two times they've won the champions league, they've been this like bad news bear kind of come together and guys, you are easy to pull for and they deliver it. This is not, I mean, those, those you, you like the players, but that's not murderers row like Manchester city or, or Real Madrid, or even you know, Manchester United, where you see these superstars. It's guys that, you know, Mason Mount and, and you know, Werner and, and uh, Havertz. Havertz. These are billion. These are big money guys that they brought in. But they're still, you know, that's that's more on potential. And well, they delivered on their potential on Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was never crazy about Timo. On to be honest, I'm he's, not crazy. He's, that, he's not my favorite kind of uh, striker. Even though I don't know if he's a striker or not. Even, even, even with uh, Leipzig, I was never crazy about him, but okay. But I, I do like Havertz a lot. I do, I do like uh, Kai Havertz a lot, and I think he's, uh, he's going to develop into an even better player now that he finally got that also monkey out of his bag, all the pressure, all the big money, uh, you know, uh, uh, change to, to, to Chelsea. Uh, we'll see. And I wouldn't be surprised if Haaland ends up, ends up in Chelsea, you know. But Why not? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised because of what you just said about Abramovich. Uh, uh, so, so, so we'll see. No, we'll we'll see what happens uh, <laughs> with this Chelsea team. Uh, even to... though, even though his dad played for Manchester City, I don't know if you yeah. remember him. Right, Alfinga. Uh, yeah, Alfinga. Al, Al, Al yeah. So, so I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Chelsea. Well, because of his dad, that, that would rule out Manchester United. But they're still talking Ooh, about Manchester right. United because it was uh, what Roy Keane broke his dad's leg and. It's all good. He wants to to hang out with Abramovich like everyone else. Uh, John Laguna of Fox Deportes joining us. This is fantastic. Going down memory lane a little bit and talking about the games. Let's talk about the international games. And we'll we'll sprinkle in the USA played. They lost to Switzerland on Sunday, two to one. A little bit. It was a step back for all the, the developing um, moments this U.S. team had. It wasn't fully strength, but there, we expect a little better, and I thought there were some defensive issues. And then Mexico sold out AT&T Stadium, Cowboys Stadium. You have to call it AT&T Stadium. Fell behind to Iceland, came back and won it 2-1. to one. Chucky Lozano doesn't start, comes in and saves the day. Uh, I, I, don't, I hope these two teams can meet in the Nations League final June the 6th. They have to win their games. The USA beats Honduras. Mexico beats Costa Rica. I need to see that game now. They should win those games, but as we know in CONCACAF, more so for the United States, nothing is guaranteed. <laughs> so, not for anybody. You know? No, but I know, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So, I like to, I mean, Mexico, I was looking at Diego Lainez, and I, I'm still, I don't know. I mean, this is a friendly, but you can see how they want to use him. 
and how he can find space because he's a he's a very small player, but he he motors in there and he, he digs in. And when Chucky Lozano came in, it was a different animal altogether. I, he was impressive. Hector Herrera is still the gold standard at that position. So Mexico have those pieces. They have more veteran players that I would put my hand up to to include in my the Bretos eleven than I would have the U.S. But they still have some holes. The one question is what they do with striker. You had Henry Martin, who I thought was okay. Raul Jimenez is around, but I don't know how. I mean, that was a gnarly injury. I just don't know how he comes back from that. I really hope I'm wrong. But they got to find out. They even mentioned maybe Chucky Lozano should start at the front. How do you see it? Uh, yeah, well, let's start with the, what you just mentioned. It was a friendly, but I like what the Diego Lainez said. You know, he had a, a good second half uh, in Spain. With Betis, yeah. he's been. Uh, he, I think he went too young. You know, America made good money with him, and he went too young. And I think it was difficult for him to adjust. He plays with uh, Guardado there, so he has a good cover there. Somebody that takes care of him and can guide him. Uh, we we we're gonna need a number nine, Max, and uh, because we don't know what's gonna happen. Actually, I'm 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 a little concerned about Raúl Jiménez. I don't know. Yeah. When when is he gonna come back, and how is he gonna come back? You know, he was. He was by far one of the best strikers in the Premier League. You know, he was having a terrific. Uh, Real you know, Madrid were kicked. They want. They were interested in signing him, from what I heard. Yeah, He's thirty yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 there was a rumor also about Liverpool. You know, whatever. But he was he was playing really well. He was playing really well. And I think what happened to Wolves in the second half of the season was because they didn't have Raúl Jiménez anymore, and then they sold uh, Jota, uh, Jota also. You know, so so. Uh, and and it seems like they're not going to take Chicharito. Something's uh, there. There seems like something personal there. Would you Chicharito. like? Would you like it? I think he at least should get called into these friendlies. Do you think? Well, he I, think I, I, I think. Uh, yes. Yes. I. I. I yes. I, I. kind of agree. And. Uh, and. Uh, and no. Yes, because he called players like Hector Moreno, like El Guti, uh, Gutierrez, that they haven't been playing too much in their respective leagues. Moreno, he's playing somewhere in the Middle East, and the other guy's playing in in Holland. He's not, hasn't been playing, and, and he still called him. And uh, why don't you call Chicharito, even though it's only been five, six weeks? If you want to call him, you know he had a great start of the season. Why not give him a chance? So obviously, it's something personal going on there. You know, uh, Chicharito, uh, I love, I like his attitude. He said he's gonna try. He wants to go to Qatar. He's gonna make it the. He's going to try as hard as he can. He, he had a great preseason. Uh, we already, uh, you know, seen the way of... Uh, I don't think the LA Galaxy is a very good team, though, though but, but, uh, but I will yeah. see. But he's we'll scoring see. goals. But he's scoring goals. So that's what he has to do. So I would give him a chance. This is a good opportunity. But uh, and, and Tata Martino, there's always political. He said, you know, the door is open and whatever. <laughs> and la, la, la. But he's not there. So, so we'll see. I like what I see of Mexico. I love uh, what, uh, like you mentioned yesterday, the substitutions work in the second half, but it's Iceland. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've tried Wait a minute. Make... They made the quarterfinals of the Euros. Yes, yes. I know. No, the, the, lo- the, the, love, yeah, the love story for Iceland <laughs> has unfortunately come to an end. Right, right. Yeah, but uh, I, I wish Mexico will do, and, and they did it a couple of uh, uh, a months ago, to go like United States, go play Europe. Get out of your comfort zone. I don't care if it's Switzerland. I don't care if it's Wales. They lost against Wales. Get, get out of it, your comfort it, zone. It's hard to get those games, though. It's really hard. The United I, States is always playing in Europe. They got that. I, I got to say, the Switzerland. The, the thing the is, fact Mexico's that they, always playing. It's always the thinking about making money. Oh, guys. I see what you mean. You're talking about doing this. Not, the, not necessarily the opponent, but playing here in the U.S. to make money, which they did. Obviously, Jerry Jones is very happy for filling out the, the, right, the AT&T right. stadium. But it, look, the, the USA, this to me was a really smart move. They're playing in Denver. And then they go, who could we play in Europe where we can get some altitude? So they're training in the Swiss Alps. They play Switzerland and St. Gallen, which is about a half a mile high, which is close. You know, Denver's a little bit higher, but at least you get your lungs adjusted to it. It's a really smart move. And it shows how seriously they're taking this Nations League. Right, right. So, so I wish uh, Mexico will do a little bit more of that, but they, but they don't. I like the, I like the Mexican team. I, I think... Uh, Hector Herrera just became champion with Atletico de Madrid. He showed what he can do. Uh, we have a good team, uh, Max, but I, I think we need a, 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 real, a real striker because Chucky, Chucky is not a striker. Even though he scored both goals yesterday, he's not a striker. 
Yeah, you and know, he's not a sub, and he's not a substitute either. So no, no, he's not. He's not. He, he came off the bench, but he'll he'll start, and he'll be have right. to put him in the best position possible, and we'll see how he works with those guys. Right, right. We'll see. We'll see. No, Carlos Vela. You know, he doesn't want to play with Mexico. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go to the Olympics. He, I think he he said he wanted to go to the Olympics. I don't know if they're going to let him go. Uh, if they will consider him, I think it would be great for him to go to the Olympics. It would be a great addition for Jimmy Lozano's team. Uh, they have a good team also. Uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's interesting that they're still they're, they're bringing in the new players, but it, the experience is is good for Mexico. It's good enough. You mentioned and Guardado's out there, and he still looks like he's important for that team. And I wonder, like, if this was a moment to might move away from the Guardado era. But I don't know. But 166 international games. Eh? He's getting lot. close to Claudio Suarez. Eh? Claudio Suarez <laughs> had 160, 177. He's 11 games away. Yeah, and chill I think out, he man. Wants, I think he wants to get the. <laughs> The, the record. Do you think we get USA Mexico on Sunday? I, I, I look at the Honduras. Yes. USA Bo- Costa Rica doesn't have Kaylor Navas. Costa Rica doesn't have the name of the escapes me. Um, Gamboa, who is uh, playing in Germany, is doing well. So I think Costa Rica is in transition. As is Honduras. They still have man. They still have Minor Figueroa, who's 120 right. years old. Yeah, right, I'm kidding. Right, right. But the, look, God bless no, him. But he's, 80. He's, yeah, 80. he's 80. He's 80. But they have a lot of older players. I, love him. I tell you what, they should get younger Honduras, but against this USA team who haven't played a competitive game, it's all been friendlies. I think the experience could complicate things, but I think talent will come through. So I think the USA squeak by. Mexico comfortably, and we'll get that game on Sunday. And if they get that game on Sunday, I'm going. I'm flying out there. I'll fly out there, Denver <laughs> road trip. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing Saturday, right, Sunday? Don't right. tell your family. We'll just do a little sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> that would be good. But uh, I hope the United States. I feel like they've been cruzazuleando lately. You yeah. know, they've been losing uh, games that they shouldn't. Uh, and I don't know the experience. We we talk a lot about you know, and every time we talk about all these players of the USA playing in Europe, I want to see them perform. They haven't had that. They haven't. They and that's very recent. They and haven't. The Switzerland game was not easy to watch. There was like big gaps defensively, and Switzerland could have put on four goals. They missed a penalty. Uh, they were going after Sergio Dest, who needs help. You can't leave him there because they were gobbling him up. He's great going forward. But defensively, wasn't fantastic. Uh, man, there's so much to talk about, and we even and we even get the summer. But we're uh, we'll talk about Copa America real quickly here, and the Argentine government. So the Copa America was going to be held in Colombia and Argentina, right? In February, Qatar and Australia pulls out. It's a ten-team tournament. They're saying we're doing it. They have their broadcast partners. They don't want to disappoint them. Colombia has social unrest. They pull it out. We're going to have it in Argentina. Argentina is in the midst of being, they're probably in the worst position of any country with COVID. A friend of mine lives down there. He showed me those maps where they show all the airplanes flying out of every major city. Right. And there's no airplanes around Argentina. Nothing's coming in or out. Cases are through the roof. Deaths are through the roof. They are locked down, I think, until May 30th. So the government finally came in and says, we can't have a Copa America, which is something you probably thought you would hear. So it's not going to happen in Argentina, which is the, really the right decision because you don't want right. to bring all these athletes and down there and put them in that situation. But is it, this starts in two weeks. And where do you put it? Everything thinks about the United States, which makes sense. And the USA could do it. But two weeks you got to make it worth their while. I don't know the U.S. go, oh, yeah, we'll come in here. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost Comebol. Uh, the good news, if they did it, they could probably play in arenas with fans. But there's another challenge. You've got to tell people about this game. The crazy part is they're still expecting the biggest South American stars to play in this Copa, which blows. I'm surprised none of them said, you know what? This is a mess. I'm not going do what you want to me. I'm not going. I'm not going down there and putting anything at risk my health, which I've done so much work to stay COVID free to quarantine. I'm not putting myself at risk because these teams down like river plate had 20 positive cases. These right. players aren't going out to clubs and restaurants. They're staying there. They got, they got it. They got it in the, in the camp and everyone got it. Yeah. It's a, it's a really tough uh, position for, for everybody, you know, but Univision Fox, they've already been announcing it, you know, through the roof. Like you said, it's in two weeks starts. Uh, 
I don't. I, I don't really don't know. They would tell uh, after Colombia. They say probably uh, Chile and Argentina, and then uh, I have a good friend of, uh, from Argentina that say no, Argentina is going to do it. It's confirmed, Argentina. We have the stadiums. We have the everything. You know? And now they they were saying Miami. I mean, not, not yeah. Miami, but Florida. Yeah. Florida. So Miami and Orlando, maybe, or Miami, right. Jacksonville. Right. Right. Have the whole bubble there, you know, and and have the Copa America. Uh, we'll see, you know, or they can even try Chile. I don't know. I think we'll find out tomorrow, uh, Max, and, yes. and see what what uh, what what happens, you know, because this is uh, or, or or don't have it. Don't have it's it. like the it's, it's like the Olympics. They're, they're pushing with the Olympics also. I, I was I was I was I was you know I was uh, watching an interview with Bob Costas yesterday. He said that the the, the most uh, uh, sane is it is the, 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 the best thing to do will be to push it to next year again. The Olympics. Well, and, and Tokyo is struggling it. with it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they're not going to do it either because money is more important. You know, money is more important than all the other stuff. So, and they'll still call it the 2020 Olympics, even though it's in 2022. Right. <laughs> they can do it. But the soccer calendar is too jam packed. If they do move it to the United States, they've got to keep it as simple as possible. Right. You have 10 teams. You get a city with two stadiums that you can do, and whatever it is, empty or full or empty or half capacity. And you put them there and you keep an eye on it. Don't go, hey, we'll have it. We're in the USA. Can we do games and, and, in and you, New York and not LA? And the other point that you mentioned, is Neymar going to come? Is Messi going to go? Messi if says it, he's it, coming. Yeah. Messi yeah. says he's resting for the tournament. He's like, what? I don't, I, if I was Messi, I go, I, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> but he wants to win something with our team. He wants to win that. Wow. Isn't you know? that crazy? Yeah. Uh, well, and we'll our, see. I hope here in the USA. I hope it's here. I know. I'd go to a game. I mean, I, I tweeted something out. And someone says, if they're coming, I'm going to go see it because you might see Luis Suarez, Neymar. Right. Uh, you get Argentina, an Argentino Uruguayo. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> that should be fun. Look, and uh, in World Cup qualifying, Brazil and Argentina are first and second. So they're tearing right. it up. And they're, the talent is, is in everyone wants to win it. And I never want to undermine it. And that's look, when, I, when the USA didn't qualify for the Olympics, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, doesn't, I don't let that bother me. But in South America, it's such a big deal but they for Olympics. But they I know they should have. Like, I, I, know, I know they should have. But it's like when people were like, like when I was watching Stu and Alexi on the show, they, they're acting like someone died. I'm like, all right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's peel it back a bit. This is bad. It is bad. We should make the Olympics. But the big thing is what's happening with our national team in the World Cup qualifiers. That's impressive. They should make the Olympics, no doubt about it. And it bums me out that they're not happening. But then maybe they, they were smart, John, and they're not going to have the Olympics. And then they will, they, they're like, we told you. We, we knew it was going to get canceled. Right, right, right. I, oh. I don't know. But, we you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, Max. And I hope Copa America comes here. I hope the United States uh, and Mexico play the final. Uh, and I'm happy for Cruz Azul. I don't give a shit, really. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Whatever, it's over. Move well, along. It's over. Yeah, let's yeah. move on. I will say, look, with everything that happened this weekend, Champions League final in the U.S. Champions League final. I'm not even talking about Mexico. The Mexico played, USA played. That Cruz Azul game is going to be the highest rated game, I yeah. think, by far. Yes. Especially on a Sunday night, Memorial Day weekend, that audience is going to be. I can't wait to see yeah. that number. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, John. John, did you have yes, a good sir. time? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> you got to invite me again. John, this is the problem with this podcast because I go, I'm going to have a conversation and it's with my friends like yourself. And I, I say, OK, we'll speak for a little bit. And then it gets going. I go, I, I better watch the time because this is this is what I wanted to do. I have a real conversation about people who live this sport and we do. Right. And it's just been great for me, man. And so it's, I knew, I mean, I, I, we haven't really had this kind of forum recently. I ran into you in a Home Depot. Right. You know, the um, last Costco, time I saw Home it. Depot. Was no. it Costco or Costco, no? It was Home Depot. And this guy recognized you from Fox. And then you left. And then he told me he was, a, he's like one of those pigeon trainers, those racing pigeons. <laughs> right. So I was supposed to go down to, uh, to Torrance to see the pigeon uh, racing. I told my son, he goes, let's go. But then I, I couldn't find his card. So we didn't see that. We didn't see <laughs> those funny. freaking palomas. That's funny. <laughs> you know, another thing that we do on our podcast, the, uh, Max, and it's a, a suggestion for you. Uh, we talk about uh, things that you've been doing during the all the pande pandemic, you know, and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, what kind of, uh, is there any movies, series that you recommend have you, that you like? Uh, have you seen? Uh, 
Uh, well, you know what I just saw on Netflix was the uh, this Army of the Dead. With, oh yeah, uh, the, the, Mariano was talking about that. It's people like, were telling me it was of, terrible. Is that a piece of shit or is it? No, I really enjoyed it. It was good. It was. <laughs> it was. It's two and a half hours. I'm actually we watched most of it, and me and my son, who's 12, probably shouldn't be watching that movie. Um, I shouldn't be right. telling. I shouldn't be telling you that. But we're gonna watch does, the rest does, of it. Does, <laughs> ma, does mom know? <laughs> yeah, she watched it too. <laughs> okay. Okay. These kids, they get, they grow up so quickly. So I mean, yeah. they, 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 yeah. you can't put cartoons in front of them. Like, no, he actually likes uh, World War movies. So we've been watching a lot of uh, um, like Dunkirk. And he loves that stuff. You know, these kids right, love war, right, warfare. Right. They love guns. Right, How right, can I do it? Right. I remember when my son was, uh, you know, he was like eight or nine and he, he saw Star Troopers. Remember that movie, Star Troopers? That was crazy <laughs> violent. It was, it was very violent. And I, and I told Ophelia, How can, uh, you know, you don't let him see, uh, you know, watch uh, Full Metal Jacket, but he can watch uh, Star, Star Troopers. <laughs> What the hell's wrong with you? This is more violent, guy. You know, something sucking the brains out of them, guy. Over the... They suck the juice <laughs> out of the brain and then leave it there yes. like it's an empty freaking <laughs> bottle of tequila. Like, hey, right. thanks, buddy. <laughs> hey, That was funny. Uh, I'm going to check it out because uh, uh, Rodolfo was telling me he was watching it too, uh, that movie. Yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I've gone through so much of the streaming stuff. Uh, a lot of movies. Have you seen anything? Any? Uh, you know, I was the. I was the. Well, you know, I like westerns. There was a. It's not a new one, but uh, Godless on on Netflix is really good. I like limited series. I don't like to to yeah. to watch. Uh, when once I see it's in the third season, I, I don't watch it. I'm with you, know, you. I like I like I like limited series. You know, they finish and that's it. And I yeah. watch Godless, and I watch one that was really good. Uh, madre, I'm getting old. Yeah, uh, there he goes. Did you see Did you see El Presidente about yeah, Sergio Caloé? That was all right. A, a, a little bit, yeah. It was good. It was good. It was, it was good. good. The was actor, right. the main good. actor. I mean, if you ever seen a, a Sergio Caloé, who was the disgraced Chilean football executive who was part of that corruption case, the actor. Sounds exactly like him. It just really he did a really good job immersing himself into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They told me it was really good, really good. <laughs> it tells you a little bit, a little bit about our game, yes. all the corruption. Well, it's, you know, it's as crooked as it gets. Uh, okay, John, okay, my friend. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. No, this is fantastic. Pleasure. We'll do it my again pleasure. and think of some stuff so we can share about what we're watching. Uh, and uh, look, this summer is going to be insane. So we'll, I'll, I'll be knocking on that door of yours again. Laguna! Well, anytime, anytime, my friend. You know I love you. Oh, and, uh, te we, quiero, uh, amigo. Uh, yo también, yo también, yo también. Uh, I have a, a special place in my heart. John Laguna of Fox Deportes and the Signorad podcast with Mariano Trujillo. Check it out. This is the Soccer OG podcast. We will be back and I will talk about my ode to Christian Pulisic in stoppage time next. It's time now for stoppage time on the Soccer OG. Saturday night, history was made as Christian Pulisic became a key member of a Champions League winning effort. Johan Karofsky won a Champions League with Dortmund, but he didn't play in the final. Christian Pulisic did, coming in at the 66th minute. Before I go on my spiel here on stoppage time, I still think it's... And look, this is a losing battle at this point. Thomas Tuchel is smelling like a rose. All his tactics work. He got the goal from Kai Havertz. I still think Christian Pulisic has been given the short end of the stick. I think because of the way he is, it's easier to put him on the bench. Uh, it happens with Frank Lampard. It happened with Thomas Tuchel. So many big games that he should have started were taken from him. That stunts his growth. And I know he is an important player because the data backs it up. When you look at free kicks one, when you look at... Goals and assists per 90 minutes, superior numbers for Christian Pulisic, yet he still comes off the bench. So I wasn't happy about that, but again, this is a, an uphill battle. Chelsea are the champions, and Christian Pulisic was part of that winning effort. This, I didn't know how I was going to feel. So I, I, again, I was all hot, and I sent a tweet, and people are, are unfollowing me because of my stance. I say I'm moaning all the time because I, I know it. It comes from a, a deep-seated place for me where Americans have always had to jump through hoops, always. And if that's not the case, 
please point to me an episode where it hasn't happened. Because while there have been some successes where there have been easier trans- transitions, whether it's the ownership groups from the American ownership groups in the Premier League, where they're angry, where the outrage is not equal to other departments, where's the outrage towards UEFA and FIFA? Where's the outrage towards these other ownership groups? There's a lot of that uh, anti-American, I don't want to call it anti-American, that's too strong, but we're not viewed as, we don't have a seat at the table. And we're very new. You know, the Europeans have a seat. The South Americans have a seat. Maybe Mexico has a seat. Parts of Asia, I don't know if they have a seat. Africa, don't know if they have a seat either. We have to earn a spot. So every little thing matters. But I do always see the jumping through the hoops from the situation with Bob Bradley. Finally, the Jesse Marsh situation. Everything has happened And it gets better. The emergence of American players in these European clubs will make it easier for the next generation. The money in the transfers, which was very low, will go up because of what this group of people would do. So for someone who has been in soccer for over 25 years covering it and has seen it all and has been viewed and said, has been called lots of different names and have had my broadcast style, which I put next to anyone in the United States... Uh, as is inferior it's it's always you know I put myself in a situation where I'm like man we need champions we need champions and if it's not me then if someone else breaks through and there's an American broadcaster calling a Champions League final I will I I, I will applaud it I'm happy that the World Cup final is broadcast by an American John Strong because we see ourselves in him That's an opportunity that wasn't afforded to Americans previously, and now we're breaking it through those barriers. Uh, We still have hurdles put in our place. We we hear the snickering in the background, because we are American, we're a certain way. And by the way, if you're going to make fun of Americans in Europe, uh, can you explain to me Eurovision? You're going to make fun of us? Anyway, I don't want to get off on a tangent here. So, the game is going on. Chelsea are closing in. Christian Pulisic comes in. And again, I was hot from earlier in the day. And then, I kid you not, I see Christian Pulisic coming out. And I get emotional. I can feel it in my throat. I can feel goosebumps on my arm. I can feel tears welling up in my eyes. True. I'm a middle-aged man from Miami. And then there are Americans who love this sport. There's uh, a grandfather in El Paso. There is a hipster in New York who has a Tottenham Hotspur jersey and goes to the bar every Saturday morning. We're all part of this. We're all looking for those that can lead us to the next stage. And I saw it there on Saturday. And when I saw Christian Pulisic running out there, I saw me running out there. I saw every kid that thought that was impossible running out there in the biggest club game on the planet, being a featured part of that, given the responsibility, even though he should have started, given the responsibility to determine the result of this massive game. I didn't think this day was going to come this soon. It all happened very quickly. I thought we would have some guys maybe get to the Champions League semis. We'd see here, or maybe in the case of Zach Steffen, they play for the team, but he, he, he's on the team, but he doesn't play. This is one of their more important players, based on the data. It certainly is the case, and he is running out there to play for Chelsea. I cried a little bit. I held back. I screamed at myself. I go, stop crying. But it was such... An important moment. And to see him lift the trophy with his family and his family next to him and all the work that they did to not just get him from Pennsylvania to these youth teams and practices in the United States, but to Germany and then to England with one of the biggest clubs in the world, a club that you can now say is the best team on the planet because they won the Champions League. And this is changing everything because now that dream is not... A twinkle in the eye. That dream is fortified in reality because this 22-year-old kid from Hershey, Pennsylvania was able to roll out there and play. And now those kids who said, do I play this sport? Where does it end for me? I'm a great soccer player. I'm a great athlete. I'm here 
in Santa Ana. I'm here in Portland. I'm here in Corpus Christi. I am here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Can I do that? Yes, you can. Christian Pulisic is a different kind of player. We have had great American players that we have pulled for here. But Christian Pulisic is someone that everyone knows of that follows the sport in Europe. There are kids in Europe that probably say, and there may be ones in London that say their favorite player is Christian Pulisic. Think about that. Think about, and I don't want to put this incredible burden, but he's handled it. What an incredible story for this to end this way. And now his future's bright. He's worth, he was a $75 million transfer, and now we see what comes up next. But that, to me, was a, a seminal moment in all our lives that cover this sport. All the referees, all the coaches, all the executives, all the guys slugging it out there, trying to make a living in soccer, making too little money to make a living. The broadcasters, the journalists, all those people. That was our moment. It wasn't just Christian Pulisic, and I know he would gladly share it. It's a big responsibility, and he nailed it. So for that, I thank him. And now we look forward to what he could do on the national team as he will join the squad for the Nations League. We will preview the Nations League coming up. Hope to, I'm not going to say, maybe a little road trip to Denver. We're going to see how those semifinals go, and we'll take the soccer OG on the road. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has meant the world to me. I love this forum. This is going to be a success. And you that came in at the early stages can say you were there from the beginning. But please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a review. I want to get some reviews. So when I get there Wednesday morning, I want to see some reviews. And you can even say, Max, you told me your podcast stinks. Put it in there. And rate it too. Five stars preferably. It's a five-star effort. Placido Domingo. We'll talk to you very soon.